Hello and welcome to the Rethinking Sustainability podcast with Ben, Jazz and Dan. Navigating the complexities of sustainability one pod at a time. I'm Ben McCabe, founder of McCabe & Partners, a purpose-driven executive search and talent advisory. And I'm Josh Grinsing, founder of Recycle App, a recycling software platform that tackles the problem of waste going into the landfill. That farmer that has a lot of tomatoes, lettuce, may cancel them because they're just due to change in demand. And then you also have other farmers who have, you know, those wonky produce too small, who cannot sell. And we also connect with them and we, you know, take the produce from them and we sell them directly to customers and businesses. Food waste only occurs when you don't find value from a particular food and it kind of lands in the landfill and then decompose and releases gas and then you lose all the resources such as mm. water yeah. and the human capital that went into producing the food. So we as individuals, the food manufacturers, the machine manufacturers, the policy makers, the supermarket, we as individuals, we all have to come together yeah. to try to solve all of the issues of food loss and food waste. Jazz, how's it going? Mr. Ben, all right? Not bad. Uh, been a tough week for me. Seeing, yeah, why's that? Seeing Man City beat Man United in the FA Cup semi-final, that's not been easy. Uh, but here we are Yeah, on our sustainability journey, trying to save the world one pot at a time. Exactly. And I'm very, very excited to uh, bring in our newest guest to the podcast series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a Who big, have we got? I'm a big fan of our guest today. Mr. Daniel from HeroGo. Yo, Welcome yo, to the yo. Podcast. Welcome. How's it going? Good, man. Ben, it's great to see you in jazz. I think I saw you twice this week. <laughs> so that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's, a got... co- that's the quota for the month done, right? Yeah, you guys were at a very inspirational event there this week at uh, Expo. Uh, I was part of the COP28 roadmap. Yeah, I think it was more for the environmental day, which was more like seeing all those sustainability heroes, you know, in yeah. one place. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. That's the best day to to kind of spend, you know, uh, World Environmental Day. So yeah, that's really awesome. Spend days with uh, day with like-minded people. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. We, you're right. We did. We had all the impact stops come in there and talk about the stops, how how we are helping the sustainability angle. And this is why we've got Daniel here today who runs a profitable uh, startup, which is a very hard thing to do in this climate. Daniel, would you like to give us a quick intro as to what, who is Daniel and what is HeroGo? Um, so I'm Daniel Solomon and I'm one of the founders of HeroGo. Uh, HeroGo is a food tech platform. We reduce the cost of food while we fight food loss and food waste. Uh, so what is food tech? So for anyone who's listening, what is food tech? What is the definition of the word food tech? I mean, it's a lot of definition, but I guess the most simple way to look at it is using technology to solve, you know, things that relate to food. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah, look, I'm reading this. This is amazing. Globally, did you know, around 14% of food produced is lost between harvest and retail. I do not know what that means. Why do we have a big number? Is that a problem that you are trying to solve? I think it's solving, you know, the issue of food loss. Uh, Food loss is a massive issue, right? Um, When you look at it from what gets produced, uh, whether it's on the farm level or what gets produced at the manufacturer level, 
and will end up getting to the consumer. That's about 30% that gets lost before reaching the consumer. Uh, when, you, when you're talking about um, you know, the percentage between you know, a, a farmer to a retail store, 14%. So uh, before we kind of wrap you know, the conversation on a lot of stats, uh, it's good to put them into context. Mm. Um, so when a typical farmer you know, plants a produce and he has to harvest those produce, and he's going to send them to different partners, whether it's supermarket, you know, or, you know, food manufacturer who process the food, you know, he cannot send everything he has, mostly because of things that we humans have came into conclusion to say this aesthetically, this food is not pleasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it's wonky or wow. it's too small or it's too big, or it's just a lot of excess produce uh, because a lot of time some farmers do plants uh, a lot too and they don't have the you know the demand side who is going to buy from them or maybe uh, changing the man so when you look at it from different angles yes there's a lot of reasons why you know food doesn't get to the to the to the consumer or to the retail um mainly because of those you know different issues but in the MENA region the issue is even you know crazy because a lot of food that we eat in the MENA region are imported from everywhere else. Yeah. Um, so we talk about farms a lot of times, but if a lot of your fruits and vegetables, as an example, is imported, that up to 80% in the UAE, um, there's a lot that would also still be at risk of going to waste. And this is where we come in, uh, working with those farmers and the importers and food manufacturers to rescue those, you know, surplus produce uh, first. So they might be aesthetically pleasing uh, in what you're used to, but they're probably an excess. You know, that farmer that has a lot of tomatoes, lettuce, um, and can't sell them because they're just due to change in demand. And then you also have other farmers who have, you know, those wonky produce too small who cannot sell. And we also connect with them and we, you know, take the produce from them and we sell them directly to customers and businesses. Oh, brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. And full disclosure, obviously I'm a Hirogo customer, so I know the, uh, the full, <laughs> the full circle of, of the business. And it's a, it's a regular weekly, um, phenomena in our household. Our kids absolutely love it when they see the big brown box with the colors there arrive. It's like, you know, what's in here this week. It's like a real excitement and, and they're learning as well. And the biggest issue that I see, and it, it, this is where obviously we always associate with the, the whole misfits and, you know, the wonky fruit and vegetables and, and slightly discolored perfectly edible but the issue i think is created by supermarkets and consumers wanting convenience you know how it looks and appeals on shelves and you know the shape and things you know people are naturally going to sort of gravitate towards things that look uh, more aesthetically pleasing but these are perfectly edible goods that are you know normally you know missing so it's great to see a business like hirogo that is clearly rescuing this and actually you know as you've identified obviously it's not just all of the the wonky fruit vegetables it's clearly the the issue here really, which is over overproduction and then a lot of this sort of going to waste. So uh, yeah, no, big, big fan. I didn't even know uh, there was a thing about choosing vegetables on size or colour or or appearance. That, does it make a difference if, if it looks, if it's bigger, for example, if a cucumber is bigger or mango is brighter, does it make a difference in, in terms of the quality of the food that you're having? I, I, I guess uh, quality and... Color plays a big role in, in food, right? If you get a, uh, a green avocado, it's not uh, ready to be eaten, right? Right. Um, 
and you know only when you actually touch and feel it and smell it that you're going to know okay it's ready to be eaten so i guess the 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 issue of color uh, and shape it's something we've all been biased about you know we so what that's that's an amazing point why are we biased about like is it is it because of perception of so many years of saying hey this is what you're supposed to be eating is that what it is no i think uh, we're not more more connected to the soil uh we're living a lot of you know convenience life right back in the day you know if you need a mango you know you would probably find it on a tree always going to fall and you're going to pick it up you're going to clean it you're going to eat your mango that you need um but these days we find everything you know at our disposal we find them on an app and a lot of times we we don't really see the whole process right so as we continue to become more disconnected to the soil we don't really see the whole process and that's why you know it's very important that you know we as individual we start really looking you know beyond you know what we see you know in the supermarket and also like being connected to the soil and ask the right questions right well i like that ask the right question that's uh, yeah. that's that's the core of what we want to do with this podcast right yeah. rethinking it's education it's make it's awareness yeah. isn't it people don't really truly understand the scale of the problem they just sort of see produce and shells but don't sort of see what goes on behind it the intense labor from a farming production point of view and and what often goes to waste so it's great i think what how i see your business from the outside looking in is and forgive me if I'm wrong, you know, it's as much as a, as a great purpose-driven business, but one that actually educates and informs consumers of the problems behind the whole food waste scenario. No, absolutely. I think uh, for us to really solve uh, for food loss and food waste, we always have to, you know, go back to education and awareness. Uh, because a lot of times, I think that's, we, we, we look at the, 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 the triangle of food waste in the funnel, and we forget the top parts, which is the education and awareness. Mm. And I think that's very important before you bring technology, while technology is important. Uh, and you use different aspects of technology to reach people, right? Um, so the reason we kept, um, you know, we believe the B2C angle of our business is very viable is because we're also helping with the awareness. What to do with the produce when you get them, you know, you get recipes, you know, what do you do? When you have a produce, you know, the back of your fridge, you know, making sure that even at your home, because you bought something that reclaimed doesn't mean you should also waste them at home. Mm. So you should also put in, you know, some conscious effort to make sure that you're consuming those produce at home. And the things that you've actually caught into making food, the, the ones you cannot really eat, try to find value from them, right? Um, whether you want to compost uh, or you also you know, want to give the things that you're not going to use because you're traveling to your neighbors. So those are like little practical steps in really fighting for, you know, food waste at home while, you know, we are tackling the issue of food loss. So so that is amazing, right? Uh, I think just for someone, let's assume it's me and I don't know anything about what you just said. So what's the difference between food loss and food waste? Um, is it, is it, different areas of the supply chain uh, food waste is after it goes to someone or and food losses prevention is better than cure right so it's 
It's a very brilliant question. And I think which is always mis, um, mixed between each other or interchanged. Um, so food loss, it's obviously every food that gets uh, produced doesn't get all the value, whether being used for food, and it gets lost. It gets, you know, rotten maybe on the farm level. And that's kind of like the most simple way to kind of like explain it. While food waste only occurs when you don't find value from a particular food and it kind of lands in the landfill and then decompose and, you know, releases gas. And then you lose all the resources such mm-hmm. as water uh, yeah. and the human capital that went into producing the food. Yeah. And, and here go bridges that gap of the food loss and, and the, the food, food waste. waste. That's exactly. great. Because I don't know the stats, but um, off the top of my head, because there's so many to keep up with these days, but um, people don't realize the issue with food scraps and waste ended up in landfill in terms of like the methane gases produced. And it's one of the biggest contributors towards global warming and actually heats up the uh, process far quicker, I believe, than, than carbon emissions in itself. So that's where there's a real risk. And it's not just a case of repurposing food. It's actually got a an extra layer of um, knock-on effect, which is why I think it's super important to rescue as much as possible. The, the problem with, uh, like you rightly said, is with stats is you got so many stats, right? And stats are very important. So, you know, numbers really, data is what helps us make decision. Mm. But what I think what is very important is making the topic as relatable as much as possible you know, rather than focusing, you know, on the stats. Mm. So if 8% of total greenhouse gas emission is coming from food waste, if you want to put that into context, you know, that's, and you equate that with a total road transportation emission, that's about 87%. So we, do we all drive cars? Uh, That's one of the questions that you should, we should ask ourselves, Mm -hmm. like in Europe, in Africa, in Asia, in different parts of the world, majority of people don't drive cars, right? So if we really want to solve the issue of, you know, um, climate change, one of the most pressing issues, you know, in my view, it's really looking at something that we all connected to, which is food. Yeah. Um, you know, if we don't eat food in two days, we know what's going to happen to us. So get very angry, <laughs> angry, right? Uh, two, day, two days is a, is a stretch. I get angry after three minutes. If I don't eat in three minute intervals, I get angry. Which is something that we all connected to, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's why it's very important to really focus on, you know, on the most pressing issue uh, and look at it beyond just, you know, it's just food and it's just going to waste. It's looking at it, these are valuable resources when it comes to water, particularly, you know, where in the Middle East, where, you know, water is a scarce resources. Yeah. And we have to also protect every angle where, you know, food itself gets wasted and mm-hmm. then water, carbon is also been, you know, um, carbon is being kind of like emitted and you also have, you know, water which gets wasted, right? And then the human labor who produce the food. Yeah. So it, it's it's kind of like an, an issue that we need to look at from all angles and make it relatable as much as possible. That's a lot of challenges. That's a lot of challenges in the spectrum of things that you've mentioned, saying from the food loss to understand consumer behavior, to understand Farmers, pr- uh, production levels, all of this. That's, that's a lot of challenges that you face just to make sure the food, the value that you have in the food is... So just quickly jumping on the thing, right? Uh, the, you mentioned value in the conversation. How's that value kind of transferred to the consumer as well? For them, the value, is, it, is the value only, like, hey, you are 
saving the planet or you're helping us improve our food systems because I've personally I've I've had conversations in the market where they've said oh, that's not enough for us right how do you convert there oh I'm not sure I I need a bit more than just saving the planet no I think you know from region to region right um we all have different pain points right as individuals so we cannot just you know narrow it down to one thing that you know save the planet which is one of the most important things right that we need as you know the world continue to change however i think what you're saying is just you know dubai or the uae is a very global country where you have you know lots of nationalities yep. um you have to look at it from a different angle it's a lot of people might look at it from i'm trying to get affordable food first mm-hmm. because i don't want to spend up to 30% of my total you know rent uh like my um salary yeah. uh and you know on top of the 50% on rent and then you know that's a lot of money so it's how can i reduce the cost of my you know my spending every week so what we do as a platform is give you that avenue to reduce your bill by up to 30% uh, oh, on on the on the produce that you're buying and if you get to know that in the process i'm actually doing good Double and win. Double it's win. a win-win, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you've got the quality from how I see it is, and I'm sure maybe some of the producers that you work with also supply some of the premium supermarkets here. Mentioning names, supermarkets beginning with a W and an S, uh, is how I see it. You know, you're... <laughs> no, I think I think uh, it's a it's a different you know spectrum, right? Um, we always call out like supermarkets as you know the people who you know contribute into food loss and food waste. I think we also need to look, you know, beyond that because, you know, in some cases, you know, they also have, you know, regulations to to stick to. Mm. Uh for instance, you know, what is best buy, what is used by, how many days do you display the product that you have on your shelf um just to maintain that kind of, you know, quality and and standard, right? Which basically, you know, it's something that really needs to be looked at. The whole food system is broken. so really from what gets produced uh, what gets to the consumer how it gets to the consumer whether the you know the dates on those produce what is used by what is best by you know what is the stocking you so know, you, period sorry, of you, the inventory uh, you mentioned something great at the thing right which is there's so many different avenues of or pillars that you need to kind of go through to make this a proper a successful and this is what we want to do with this con- with this podcast is rethinking conversations around around why sustainability is so murky right there's so many different things you mentioned shelf life mm. now from a person who doesn't know anything about about food loss right is the shelf life different for products that are not aesthetically pleasing or could be still used but they're not compared to some of the products that are already chosen to be you know sold in the supermarket is that a difference is there a big difference in the shelf life there No, I don't think there's no difference. Like you all farm at the same time, they all come out at the same time. Um you stock them, they last the same. I think, you know, that's one problem of, you know, aesthetically looking produce. And then you have food that are like peanuts. Um when you have a a date that says it's going to go off on such a day, uh you know, how do you really know that it's going to go off? So if it's going to expire in certain number of days you have to restock those produce right if it's not been stored oh, wow. sold so 
I guess those kind of produce, um, you know, they're at risk of also being restocked. And, you know, this, the, the seller wants to find new ways of selling those produce. And that's where, you know, we also, you know, come in to be able to work with, you know, also supermarkets to help them with that kind of produce that like food staple or food manufacturer. So it's different food category. You, you always have to look at it, you know, on, you know, fruit and vegetable, what goes on there, what goes on to food staple, what's going to go, what's going to happen to also, you know, like uh, dairy produce. And we cannot fix it by looking at one angle. So we, we cannot work in isolation, we, you know, so you have to have a lot of policy change. Um, you have to have, you know, the, the consumer buy-in and then you also have to have, you know, the industry players and then the manufacturers of the machines that are being used to harvest the produce. Because a lot of times those machines have wow. also been programmed yeah. to sort produce that don't look in a certain way. So when, let's take an example of potatoes, when you are harvesting them, a lot of times they will sort out those that don't look the certain size and so we as individuals you know the food manufacturers the machine manufacturers the policy makers the supermarket we as individuals we all have to come together, together. to try to solve you know all of the issues of food loss and food waste that's 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 a lot of rethinking by the way yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of rethinking a no, lot but of that's- hard rewiring as well the whole industry needs to be and these things you know this is why it's a challenge because a lot of these things can't be done overnight. You know, producers have to sort of, you know, rethink their whole uh, infrastructure, their production facilities. You know, all of these have been embedded over years and it can take a long, long time. That's why it's not a quick fix, but it's, you know, businesses like Hirogo, how I see it, and many others in this space that are really trying to sort of find a problem um, and sort of find a solution very, very quickly that has a benefit on the consumer, but also the industry as a whole. So I think it's phenomenal what you're doing. And as I see it from the outside looking in, Daniel, obviously uh, B2C is obviously a big part of the business today. Have you got any plans to, you, I know you've probably done a few partnerships on a B2B level. Is, there, is that a, a main focus you've been forward? And it's always that magic f- formula, I guess, trying to get B2C and B2B. Um, work together. Yeah. 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 I guess uh, what, what's really important is, you know, not just making what we do as a nice to have, uh, you know, so you have consumers, thousands of them who are using the platform today, who are reducing their, their costs of their, you know, a bill. You also have them sharing with your friends and talking about food loss and food waste. So you're doing a lot of awareness, uh, not just what you do with the produce you get from us, but also what you do with the produce you have in your home that normally you would waste because food waste, obviously at home, is actually a lot higher in the MENA region. It's up to 50% higher than the US or, or the EU when you compare with uh, per household yeah. here. But going beyond that, to really solve, you want to solve at scale and you connect, and this is where we connect, you know, what our produce to um, big players uh, and also, you know, offices mm. uh, who are buying our produce and, you know, promoting healthy living for their staff. Brilliant. And second, you know, also joining on the fight on food loss and food waste. Yeah. Excellent. Brilliant. We, I'm going to go back just a little bit, right? There was a, so you've, you've put in really good little nuggets in your conversation. So I kind of try to pick up on some of them. Um, so there was something 
if I go back in the conversation, you mentioned something about um, the consumer behavior aspect of it, right? Which is when you have something left off in your fridge and you're not sure if it's obviously it's been left there for a couple of days and you need to throw it, throw it away. How much of that impacts the food loss conversation as well, right? Which is, let's say a banana that's, that's gone bad. I put, I put bad in commas, by the way, just in case you can't see this. Uh, bad in commas, <laughs> air commas, because bad is perspective, right? Because in some, some cultures, like in where I come from, right? Where are you uh, from, by the way? Well, from Punjab, right? I'm going to talk about this because yeah. my, my grandfather comes from a village there. And yeah. one of the things that they teach you there is when the, the banana goes, what, darker or riper and it starts going... Black. Yes, that's going black, right? It's it's still not bad. You can still consume it. But yeah. when I've come here, right? When I've come it's here, a different conversation, it's a different right? conversation yeah. because for them, as soon as that happens, it's, I want to throw this away. Absolutely. I think it's one of the, you know, ways to really look at this issue, right? Because, you know, in Nigeria, where I'm from, well, one of the things that you see a lot of time is, do people care about how food looks like? No, because people have other priorities. And people have to really look at how, you know, the producer and fend for themselves. Mm. Uh, even goes, seeing my grandma would say, you know, the tomatoes, you know, when, you know, the top is in a way like feels like it's going off. You can just cut that off with the knife and you can still use the good parts, right? Yeah. So when, 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 you, when you grow up in those kind of environments, the, the priority is very different. And, survival. And it's about survival. Um, but as we continue to... Um, you know, see the way our our generations, uh, we look at things maybe it's very different. But um, you were talking about um, your kids, Ben, as an example, when they get a box, they're excited, right? It's because now there's also a new movement that's trying to reintroduce the way food is supposed to be part of everyday life, yeah. where you could understand even different type of food, like you know, what is a passion fruit? What is, you know, a lumkat? What is this? What and, is a lumka? Uh, it's, it's, okay, it's kind of... You can't of... just drop random words. <laughs> right? no, I'm, I'm learning every week with some of the deliveries. Like there's things that I've, I mean, this is what's so great about it. It's so diverse each box. There's things in season from different parts of the world that I would never have touched upon as a, as someone from the UK. It's just, yeah. So do, you, do you have, when you do this box thing, by the way, so do you have a... A, a, a process, right? Because what if I'm allergic to some, something certain? Do you have a certain process when you onboard a family? So for example, Ben, right? That's a big thing, right? We, health is a whole aspect. Yeah, of I mean, you could right? always like, uh, you know, don't get what you don't want to get, uh, whether you, so you just choose. don't like it. So you it. choose. No, you're able to exclude today in version one, you'll be able to choose. So when better to, and what goes into your box, and, you know, that's the whole different ball game because then you're also still sticking to a lot of seasonal produce, mm. um, but you're also able to kind of, you know, take what is your, you know, and our system in the back end kind of like, you know, helps you also, you know, suggest new stuff to you. And that's the beauty Excellent. of what you're talking about. Like you get to also try new stuff mm -hmm. uh, and you're like, okay, maybe this is my thing or not my thing, you know, and you get to also I like know, give it to you. Exactly. Rethinking, rethinking, uh, rethinking perceptions, yeah, perceptions around different kinds of food. Right? Yeah, because so like we it. all used to get in it in the same way, right? The same stuff. We like one stuff and not, but we've not tried a lot of other stuff, right? Right. Um, but one of the ways to solve for food loss and food waste really is also eating seasonal. Yeah. Um, so 
because okay. so what what so this is mango in summer for example right and not try to eat mango in well that's the way it's supposed to be like even yeah. health benefit right um i mean i'm not saying i don't eat like because i'm in a, in a country where we're blessed to have everything yep. all yep. year round but really it means if i'm also eating a mango in december which is maybe not in season yeah. it's in season in another country maybe it's in season in australia right yeah. yeah so a lot of stuff comes from different parts of the world and it's just really making sure that what you're eating is you know almost as close from farm to fork as much as possible because that's one of the ways to also suffer food like waste said, golden you know, nuggets yeah. throughout the process you mentioned yeah. back in nigeria with your grandma one of the biggest things is how important is geography as well in this part like what my grandma used to say is if you want to be healthy if you want to live a long life obviously i don't know how much of this is science right <laughs> so don't please quote me on this um but she used to say for example just you're indian right you are your system is built like this it mm. doesn't matter which country you go to you can live in the uk you can live in the states you can live in uae but you you've got hundreds of years yeah, of yeah your dna, DNA dictates yeah. yeah yeah so for for me right it, eating indian food like eating a load of rice right would not impact me as much for example compared to my missus who's french who eats a lot of bread so when i started dating her initially i did so i started eating a lot of bread and i gained weight right so i think how important is that part of the conversation as well to food loss well i'm not a nutritionist uh <laughs> <laughs> however i think definitely you know your grandma might be right because obviously you got you know you got to eat from you know seasonal produce they just really make a lot of sense right even without going into the the science is fresher it's been stored less and also the transportation is probably less um especially you know where you have a lot of farms now in the UAE who are you know planting a lot of different varieties so even from a sustainability point of view it's less kilometers um that you're nice. also getting yeah. the produce nice. um and going back to your your point about the bananas you know that looks black uh you know it's not about food loss doesn't occur in your home food loss occurs before you even get the produce mm. and now in your home it's more about food waste so when you have a banana that you forgot about and is now black it's only going to go to waste if you chunk them in the bin yeah um but if you don't chunk them in the bin and you use them for smoothies or yeah. you basically make a banana bread or you basically Exactly. You know, do different stuff with them, or maybe even make them into a uh, fertilizer for uh, your plants. Mm. Right? You make you you're gaining value from that particular produce. So food waste never occurs. Or if you're going away and you know you're not going to eat something, you're going to give them to your neighbors. Yeah. So you're avoiding food waste. But food waste only occurs when you decide to say, okay, this banana is to you know, is too brown, black, and I'm just going to chunk them away as an example. So that's going to end up in a landfill. That's going to waste the water because it, it takes about 70 liters to grow one apple. So when you look at it, whoa, wow. <laughs> how many liters do I use to shower? So that's a lot of water. 70 years to make one apple. That's correct. Yeah. But then that's obviously you know you know economics as well, right? So they get made together. So I'm assuming you can make a lot of it 
100 or 200 apples together with but, 70 liters. But that's kind of giving you more perspective to look at it. Oh, right? no, no, I agree. I'm just, yeah. just, just because, just for anyone listening, I don't want people coming up to me and saying, or coming up to you and say, uh, listen, I just saved one apple because I didn't take a shower today. I don't want I don't want Ben coming here, uh, right? Stinky without a shower. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. maybe you're saving an apple. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, so look, but this is amazing because these touch points across everything of very I've good insights, Daniel. If uh, if anyone's listening, you know, and are, are curious to sort of get involved with Hirogo and start implementing their your boxes into their uh, grocery shopping each week, how much would uh, would it roughly cost to become a subscriber? Well, it's starting from 50 dirhams. Uh, oh, so you oh, can wow. definitely get a box and that's including your delivery fee. Amazing. And we also don't do on-demand delivery because we're also making the world a better place. So you choose a day, it's going to arrive on your preferred day. Um, so whenever you're overnight. in the area. Or yeah, whatever. and when because we do planned area deliveries. Okay, yeah. uh, talking about boxes, I, just, I know we are, um, I, I've obviously wanted to touch base on a couple of other points as well, but one of the biggest issues we face in this part of the world is packaging, right? So when we get fresh food delivered from companies, I'm obviously not going to take names, right? It comes in a lot of plastic packaging. I'm assuming that's not the case with, with HeroGo as well. I guess that's the beauty of a startup uh, trying to solve a problem. You have to look at issues. So what problem are you solving? I, <laughs> I completely missed the <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah go on. so, well... When we're trying to solve for just food loss and food waste, you're not just looking at, I'm going to solve that and that's it. You have to rethink also how your packaging is done or how your deliveries is done because it's all part of the system, right? So if you're thinking about rethinking about sustainability hey, as a company, plug. <laughs> uh, you have to think about that. So to answer your point, we don't, you know, we try as much as possible to, you know, deliver with no plastic as much as possible. Okay. Of course, there's some produce that you cannot. Uh, oh no, yeah. this is this is one of the conversations so we that we've had papers, here. Yeah. yeah, because plastic. The reason why plastic is a good commodity when it comes to food is because it keeps the food fresh for a lot longer and cheap. And what well, I mean, you, yes, you, you assume well. it keeps it longer, or it's one of the cheap ways to keep food because there are a lot of alternatives but they're expensive because they've not been mass produced but it's a good way to to kind of keep produce in a cheap way mm. and longer. longer but there are other there are other you know alternatives um and the other alternatives you know might cost a little bit more mm-hmm. but you're seeing a lot of brands who are putting a lot of effort you know, just to make a little change here and there, you know. And um, I mean, that's that's what we were talking about, right? Uh, we want a million imperfect people trying to trying to kind of do the do thing. Sustainability. Do sustainability. Yeah. rather than one person trying to do it perfectly, yeah, right? I think that's doing it imperfectly. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's 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 the key part here. It is 95%, let's, let's try to do something. And then the 5% is where we, or 80-20, let's go 80-20 yeah. rule, right? Um yeah, I think this is uh, this has been an immense podcast. Anyone listening? Yeah. Um, and if you're interested to know more, Daniel, where can we reach you? Well, the best way to find us is on Instagram, on Hirago Mina. And it's been a pleasure to join you guys, Ben and Jazz. And we definitely need to rethink sustainability and make the world a better place by saving food, save money and save the planet.
Brilliant. Keep up the great work, Daniel. It's great to sort of see a, a great startup um, really sort of uh, challenging and pushing boundaries here in the region. So keep up the great work to you and the team. Uh, and yeah, for any of our followers, uh, we'll make sure that we can put a link into the Hirogo website so you can sort of check it out and hopefully uh, join the uh, join the movement. But uh, thank you so much for coming on, Daniel, and uh, best of luck once again. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Sustainability podcast. Drop a follow to never miss an episode. For more information on ourselves, there's a link in the show notes. See you next time.